Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm Steve Hall, the director of the Mustang Owners Museum, which is located about a mile away from Charlotte Motor Speedway. And tonight we have a special guest, um, and I we we've started to do some work with them at at the museum, and uh, so I'd like to welcome Ron McLish from Anchor, um, probably a company you may not have been familiar with, but if you've ever bought a new Ford, you're familiar with their work, and I say that with a little tease, so that uh, Ron can tell us a little bit more about uh, about why that statement is true. Welcome to the show, Ron. Uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you for having me. One of the things we we like to do with with our podcast is explore different areas uh, that are involved with Mustangs. Now, of course, your 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 company is much more involved with everything that has to do with Ford, not just Mustangs, but it's a pretty important, I should say, aspect or part of the Mustang heritage and the Mustang world itself. So, uh, if you don't mind, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about your company. Sure. Ancor uh, came about in 1984. Um, we weren't a tier one supplier to Ford at that time, but we slowly um, actually got the, the first label um, we received from Ford was the Moroni label. And we have grown that into a tier one supplier who actually supplies every single assembly plant um, for. Ford Motor Company in North America. So that is Canada and Mexico. We're, we're a, a supplier, handful of supplier who actually uh, supplies all the assembly plants. Um, if you actually look at other suppliers, tier one suppliers, they either have the truck lines or they'll have the crossover vehicles, but a lot of them do not have all assembly plants. Um, like I said, we have been doing this since 1984. We started off with the Moroni label as a sales uh, document. Um, the Moroni label, for, for your listeners who may not know, is the label that pretty much everybody looks at when they're looking at a new vehicle. It has the standard equipment, optional equipment, has the uh, fuel economy ratings for that vehicle, and, of course, the sticker price. So um, that's the most recognizable label. We have also grown our business to uh, supply uh, the company with uh, market or not marketing, but um, engineering labels. So on the B pillar of every vehicle, there is a safety certification label. There is a tire pressure, what we call a tread label, that is on the vehicle. And the manufacturer cannot release the vehicle um, with out these labels. A lot of people like to think of this as just printing on paper, but these labels actually um, provide a service to the consumer. Um, it lets them know the, the weights of the vehicle, it lets them know the actual pressures of the tire. Um, if everybody recognizes the, the Firestone episode that happened back in the late 90s, um, the the tire pressure became a very um, informative uh, piece of data 
Um, people didn't even know that the labels contained that information until uh, their tires and everything started to lose pressure and actually, um, that, you know, explode. Um, you know, have a flat tire when you're driving on the expressway. So those are actually, um, those labels have part numbers to it. And even though they are a label, uh, in the automotive world, a part means something. They, it has the exact same value as a brake pad or a brake rotor. Um, if, if, if something is wrong with that label, um, we can invoke a recall. So we, Ancor takes uh, our label production very seriously. Well, let me go a step back for a sec. When you say tier one, and, and in listening to um, your explanation as such, uh, I, I'm assuming then tier one means basically that you're able, you're one of the very few suppliers that can do uh, the do the labels or do the product, but you're you're the supplier for all of Ford manufacturing plants. Does that make you a tier one, or is there another reason why you're tier one? Well, tier one means that we are a direct supplier to Ford Motor Company. Um, there are multiple tiers. Uh, there's tier one and tier two. A tier two, to give you an example, would be a sub-supplier. So if I was building, building a brake pad or a brake caliper, I may provide a bolt to the main supplier. I would be considered a tier two supplier. And then the tier one is the original supplier to the original vehicle. So that's what it meant by a tier one. Okay. Well, I want to clear that just so that, again, as our listeners have a chance to you know, listen to the podcast, to get an idea of just what tier one actually means. Um, because, of course, I know when it comes to automotive uh, manufacturing, there is just, a lot of stuff has its own vernacular. And it's nice to understand, okay, what does that mean in comparison to other terminology and such? And so I want to make sure we cleared that or people would understand just the value that um, you provide Ford. But then let me go a little deeper to that. Every Ford vehicle, and correct me where I'm wrong, but every Ford vehicle that's produced, whether, of course, it's you know, our, our Mustangs, but if it's a truck, an expedition, what have you, you do that label for every single Ford item, correct? That is correct. We provide the assembly, pan, um, assembly plant a package, what we call a kit. And that kit basically has every variable label, VIN specific variable label for that vehicle. It has the Moroni label, it has the safety certification label, has the tread label. We also provide uh, a mechanism for uh, the plant to ship the unit. We call it a ramp or wrap label. Um, we provide that. We also provide a domestic or uh, a smog label, um, which is contains domestic content. Um, it's a point of sale label, and um, it tells you the amount of, uh, of the vehicle that is produced overseas or from foreign countries and the vehicle or the content of the vehicle that is produced in the United States. Um, each vehicle, um, if you're if you're kind of talking about truck, um, we also provide uh, specific labels for the truck, um, especially an F-150 or something that has a bed on it. We produce a camper loading label. 
Um, it is a label that basically tells the consumer of that vehicle what they can actually put on inside of that bed of that vehicle. How many different labels, if you don't mind my asking? Now, I know if I ask how many different labels you make all together, you'd probably have to count because you got, I'm sure, sure, different labels for different types of vehicles. But when it comes to, let's just narrow it down to Mustang. How many different labels will each Mustang actually get from you to finish the car or to be correct so they have all the right labels? So for Flat Rock, who produces the Mustang, we will produce six to seven VIN-specific labels per, for each vehicle produced or manufactured. How how do they coordinate that? Now, that's the part, I, I as as you guys will hear in a little bit why I'm bringing all this up. I've been really kind of fascinated as to here, uh, you guys are printing off literally thousands of um, these packs uh, for these cars all over the United States. But again, the coordination to know they're sending you the information for, for example, let's just say it's Mustangs. And you know that on, does it work as such that they know that on a certain date and a certain time, this car is going to be produced? And then they give you everything in sequential order after that. And I don't mean sequential in the way of numeric, but just, you know, that this car is going to come and then followed by this one, by this one, by this one. So is it in a pattern or how do, how do they coordinate all this? Because you can see that to me, this must be a massive undertaking. I'm sure over time, maybe things kind of work itself out. But how do you guys coordinate all that? This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Well, there's a lot of questions, but uh, I'll try to answer that for you as, as, as simply as I can. Um, Ancor receives roughly about 35 different files in what we would consider a production night. Um, we have a 12-hour shift. Uh, we will start receiving data from Ford Motor Company around 4 p.m., uh, and that is Eastern. From that time, we will take the, all those files and we will basically have a lot of data management where we're, we're combining these files into a record set for each vehicle. Now, there's two types of plants as they produce. There are plants that basically build in a VIN sequence and we will sort all of these labels in a VIN order um, and a normal plant might be anywhere from 1,200 to 2,400 vehicles in a, in a production period for the plant. So we will sort all of those labels in a VIN order. And then we basically will, uh, we have a automated process in which we take all of those labels. And you're correct. We're producing over hundreds of thousands of labels in a production night. 
Um, in a given year, we may produce over well over um, 11 million, 12 million uh, labels for uh, that production model. But um, once we take those labels and we have them sorted, we actually we we actually proprietary or we have a proprietary machine that we develop um, that we can put all of these labels in the order and run them and insert all the labels into our kit or package. That way, when the assembly plant gets it, they have a actual package. It's an envelope with all the labels in it so they don't have to go searching around for specific labels. And if you kind of look at, if you know anything about a production line, um, you know, the parts are coming onto the line when the, when the, the manufacturing point needs it. Um, same thing with our label. Um, our, the, the, our labels are applied onto the vehicle at different points in the um, production of that vehicle. Um, so some of it may be put under the hood, some of it when they are putting the door on the vehicle. Um, most of it basically is what they call the final trim area where they're applying most of the labels at that time, right before it leaves the assembly plant. The other item that, um, that you kind of mentioned is basically a, what they call a blend order. And that is actually how they're building the vehicle based off of a blend or an order schedule. And that one, you know, if you're looking at the different trim packages, let's, let's choose Mustang, you have several different models of a Mustang. You have a GT350, a GT500, you have a Bullet, you have a Coupe. And all, all of these trim packages um, basically have different features to it. So, um, you know, they may build a, a three-to-one relationship or a ratio between, um, you know, a Ford Coupe, a Mustang Coupe, and a GT500. So they have a build sequence in which they, they, these vehicles are coming off of the line we need to put our packages in that build sequence. It's called an ILVS order, inline vehicle sequencing order. So we, we take all this data and we basically uh, do a lot of data management. Um, and we have actually a development team who does a great job of coding uh, applications that handles all this data and basically um, gets the data ready for uh, the actual manufacturing of these labels. The coordination for all this is amazing. And then I'm going to add another question that's going to make it even more, <laughs> hopefully not, not um, to dilute this um, vision or, or this process, I should say. But so let's just say you mentioned about four o'clock. Um, it sounds like data starts to come over from Ford Motor Company of what you will need to be start to print uh, for these packages and, and, and going for that process. So let's so and I think you also mentioned it takes uh, production can be anywhere from twelve hundred to twenty four hundred vehicles. So if you receive twenty four hundred packages, 
how soon or how does that when does that packet actually get to the dealership because obviously you guys are in the detroit area is there a timing element that goes into place with this also because do you have to mail it to them or do you guys already have printing on site for there that they can do this again this is such a mammoth job that people don't think about when it comes just to you know these stickers and decals that go on the cars well we're like i mentioned before we're on a 12 um 12 hour um, shift. Um, we will start printing. First of all, um, we're a centralized uh, plant. We're located in Troy, Michigan. Um, most of the, the plants, we actually produce the labels for them. We, like I said, we, we have an automated process in which we kit or provide a package to the assembly plant for each vehicle. We box up once once that kit or packages is completed, we box them up into a production run. So let's just say, um, and I, I'm just throwing this out there for conversation's sake, um, Flat Rock. Flat Rock is considered a ground plant because they're they're located in Flat Rock, Michigan. So we can um, we can produce their packages, box them up. And we have a courier that picks up at 4 a.m. every morning um, to deliver all of these the boxes to the assembly plant. So Flat Rock, the Mustang plant, um, we will we'll box them up whatever their production is for that given night, and they will normally get their production run um, the, the the following morning by 11 a.m. Now, you, you did mention that there are plants that are far away, um, especially the Mexico plants, um, Hermosillo and Quadaline. Um, those are considered air plants, so we would have to send those packages and boxes to the airport and use a freight airline to send them to the border. Um, one, the nice thing about um, the North American agreement is um, before that uh, came about, we would have to pass through customs. So normally our shipment that was going to Mexico would take seven days. We have kind of cut that down, uh, you know, a lot. Uh, normally it's three to five days where uh, a faraway plant uh, would get our, our, our production. Now Hermosillo is we have a different process in which we use for them. Um, we created a uh, portal that the plant can actually print in-house, and we call it in-plant printing, um, where we they come into Ancor's portal, and we provide a print file in the order in which the plant is expecting, and the plant themselves actually do, they mirror Ancor's production. We set them up about three years ago where they're actually doing the printing themselves. Uh, they're bringing the labels, instead of kitting it or putting it into um, a package, they actually bring the labels onto the line. It's just a mammoth undertaking. And like you said, it's just, and it's just, and I say just because it's, people don't think of the value or the importance of it, I guess is the better way to put it, uh, except for the dealer sticker. That's always the one that people are looking at is how much is it? What's the options and things like that. Ford has cars made overseas and they are shipped into the United States. 
what happens with the decals and stickers there? Well, actually, um, we do provide all these packages um, to the ports, uh, port of entries of these vehicles manufactured in Europe. Um, we also do uh, China. Uh, so vehicles that are manufactured in China coming in or being exported to China, we're providing an actual label in Chinese um, for the vehicles being exported to the China market. So we 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 do have um, where we're anything, especially like the transit uh, transit connects that may be uh, manufactured in Europe. <clears throat> they're coming into the port, and then what we will do is we'll send our label packages to the port for them to label the vehicles um, before they enter into what we call the domestic um, environment, which is the United States or Canada. I want to I want to kind of give kudos to um, all the employees of Ancor. At least in the thirty years that I've been involved with this company, um, we have not missed a deadline. Meaning that we have shipped all of our packages and production in a timely manner. Um, we we are a Q one supplier to Ford Motor Company. Um, we have a very low air rate. Um, I guess that's why they they keep us as being a medium supplier uh, to the company. We have a really low, like a three PPM, which means that we produce about three errors per every million documents we produce or parts we produce, which is outstanding. It's 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 unheard of in in a production environment like we have. But that's just to the dedication of all of our employees. Um, I've been with the company uh, for 27 years. Um, probably the median uh, longevity of our employees are probably 10, 10 years. Um, you know, our company basically uh, really treats our employees well. We empower them to make decisions um, night in, night out. So um, I, I just want to throw out to all the employees that do this on a nightly basis. Well, I'm not surprised uh, knowing the complexity and the organization and to do this, you've got to have some some really incredible, besides people, the technology kind of, dri as they say, no pun intended, driving the force with this. And so with all this going on, I wanted to kind of bring in, <laughs> after hearing how, much, how many you do uh, each day, night, and how many cars and all, the little old Mustang Museum over in Concord, North Carolina, has uh, started working with you guys uh, to produce window decals or stickers uh, for Ford products. Obviously, we're, we're in the onesie and twosie business, but uh, we're still very happy to do so because we know it's certainly something that enthusiasts want to have because they may be the second or third, fourth owner of a vehicle, but they want to have the original window sticker. So if you would, let's just chat a little bit about that because we're excited to do this. Uh, in fact, today was the very first day we started printing ours that uh, we've had from uh, from enthusiasts as such. And so we're kind of excited about this as a great service. So uh, I'm hoping to just chat a little bit about, you know, how this came about to offer the museum or doing something with a third party as such uh, and recognizing that there is a market there for this for the enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, what we're what we're actually doing, um, we're working with you, uh, Steve. We provided you a kiosk, which allows 
one of your uh, visitors to the museum to actually walk up and if they have their VIN, um, can enter it into the kiosk system that's sitting on your floor, produce an, the act, well, not the actual, but a copy of the actual window label for the vehicle as it released from the assembly plant. It has, it, it, it's exactly uh, match right down to the fonts and all the information of, of that vehicle as it was released from the assembly plant. It's very exciting. It's, it's, it, it is something that your enthusiasts um, can actually have a window label as it appeared in the window when that, was, that vehicle was sitting on the dealership lot. No, I've had uh, as, as we started as we had to go through the process and figure out how to make this work effectively for everyone, and and, and we've accomplished that. Um, I do know that when we were working on it, uh, we've had some things set out in, in the in in our gift shop area, and we've had a lot of oh, you're gonna do decals, you're gonna do the stickers and things of this nature. So there is definitely a market for it. It's gonna be a lot of work on our end to let people know about it, so that when they come. Uh, can they kind of see what's going on and, and, you know, want to make sure they can go home with their own label. And so we're very excited about that. We've realized it's a, it's an important service, I think, for the enthusiast market because the enthusiasts, the enthusiasts look at their car more than just for transportation. It, it means their car means more to them just to go from point A to point B when it comes to Mustangs. And of course, they're always looking for ways to try to find out more information. But obviously we're just doing the window stickers. We're not doing anything else. So if somebody wanted to get a more detailed report on their vehicle, they really should be calling Kevin Marty, correct? Yes, Kevin Marty has a great service that he provides to all Ford Mustang owners, and, and that is the Marty report. Um, he gives, gives each Mustang owner a, a detail of that vehicle. Um, unfortunately, the kiosk can only produce 2008 and newer vehicles. Um, anything older than that who needs to go through the uh, Kevin Marty or the Marty Auto Group uh, site. And there are a lot of people that will go through that because then, of course, it, that Marty report will even break down of how many vehicles were made for that year, that color, that interior, that performance package or that engine and such. And so, again, there, he's, you know, he's created a great business model from that beginning, but that's where the passion for the Mustang owners is to know more about their car and also more in a relationship of their car to other Mustangs to know, Hey, I've got, there's 38 other ones that are made in this color kind of a thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of really nice to see. I don't know if the other car brands out there do it or offer anything quite like that. So uh, I think it's interesting because it really just, it really just kind of tells you about the passion that Mustang owners have. So, like I said, we're excited to be able to offer this. Uh, we've got some work to do on our end, advertising-wise, get some more POP material so that we can start to kind of promote it more so now that we're up and running and, and running, running actually pretty easily now, to be quite honest with you. So uh, we're really happy to be part of this program, and we're really honored that you guys asked us because this is something that the Mustang hobby needs, uh, more access to uh, this kind of information about their vehicle. And so, uh, and like I said, we you know we certainly support Kevin with what he does, and we just hope that when it comes to a, you know, this is the window. You need a window sticker for your 2010 Mustang. 
hey, hopefully you'll be, you'll be coming to see us for that. So that's what uh, we're really happy and proud to be part of that. So thank you. You know, you're, you're very much welcome. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the partnership that we can help you in the museum offer this service. Um, it is going to enhance the product. Well, it all, but I think, it, 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 yes, I, I, I hope we, that's nice to hear, but I also have to tell you it enhances the museum to be able to do this for the enthusiasts because that's really a little bit of our mission statement is, is you know, we certainly want to share and show the heritage and, the, and preserve the heritage of Mustangs, but we also want to be a, a conduit to help the enthusiasts learn there's things out there that they can do that they may want to be part of and take advantage of, such as this program, for example. So it's a two-way street, so we're very proud of that. Now, I do need to ask you one quick question before we sign off, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but we usually ask, what Mustangs do they have? But being that you may not, (laughs) maybe you do, but do you have a Ford vehicle? Uh, well, actually, yes, uh, I am a Ford person, um, started with my 1987 Thunderbird, uh, coupe and I've had a Ford product, either a Mercury Lincoln or Ford in my driveway and garage ever since currently I have a, uh, an MKC and an escape, which I love that vehicle, but yes, my my dream is to have a 1971 fastback. Oh. That that is my dream car. But life happened, children came, and uh, I had to put that on hold. Well, as as being that I'm a grandfather, I will tell you that kids do eventually go. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so hang in there. So hang in there. Again, Ron, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's another aspect that I don't think a lot of Mustang owners understand or are aware of that's out there. That's why I thought it'd be fun to have you talk about the programs that you offer, but also what we are now associated with you and and, uh, what we can do for those enthusiasts. So thank you very much. Well, Steve, thank you very much for having me. 